welcome back to the Highway to Health Podcast. And thanks for connecting with us again on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. In this episode of the podcast, we'll introduce you to Dr. Frida Birnbaum, who is a research psychologist, radio and TV personality, and author of the book, Life Begins at 60. Dr. Birnbaum will be discussing long-distance relationships, long-term relationships, and what we're really seeking in a relationship. Dave Nemo will be your host for this edition of the Highway to Health podcast. And now let's hand it off to Dave for his feature interview with Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Dr. Birnbaum, good morning and welcome. Good morning to you. I'm looking forward to this fabulous discussion. Me too, me too. Long-distance relationships are part and parcel of what trucking is. It's like the military, other professions too, where one person in the couple or in the family, if you will, goes away to make a living and send money home, so to speak. I've been hanging around with truck drivers for over 50 years here on the side of the road. And the earliest days of trucking radio, and I'm not going to go off into the weeds here, Dr. Birnbaum, but very quickly, our job at that time was to keep people awake alert and alive because they're driving trucks all by themselves two three o'clock in the morning and the program was requested music from wives and sweethearts back home we did birth announcements things like that we did death announcements anniversaries so in other words it was a social platform as well as an information platform and then the CB radio, as you and I were talking about, is really the first form of social media when you think about it. And now we have all of the screens and all of the apps and everything. So we think that we're living in a brand new world in terms of the connectivity and all of the social media. But really, in the wonderful world of trucking, Dr. Birnbaum, it's been around for quite some time. Absolutely. I wonder if they'll ever make that robotic. What do you think? <laughs> They're working on it. <laughs> They are certainly working. We better be careful. Have your robot call my robot. That's right. We're going there, and we better watch out what else they're going to do as well. Who knows? Now, this is the Relationship Road segment of Highway to Health, so we're going to kind of dig into something that you call the ICK list, the I-C-K, ICK list. Tell us what the ICK list is, how did it come about, and how icky is it? pretty icky. Social media, anything goes out there, and that's been a part of something, believe it or not, that's been trending. So there's good and the bad about the social media because things become important if you're looking at it, and if you're not looking at it, you can also live without it. But these are symbolic areas where things do make a difference at times. It's how you play it, what you do with it. The ick factor is something that you're disgusted with the person you're with or the person you're going out with. You find that person unattractive and you also can look at it in a very significant way and then you can look at it in a very insignificant way. But either way, that forms your feelings about that person without even getting to know who that person really is. So you have to watch out about your initial feelings about anybody. It could be romantic. It could be business. It could be something where it's in a social situation. So when you have your initial feelings, where does that come from? Now, they say the first eight seconds, believe it or not, is when you form your opinion about somebody. But then after that, you're looking at a situation. If you want to be romantic, you have to look into the depth of that person because that first opinion could be very superficial. 
Yeah, so basically erase that from your memory bank in a sense or store that first impression away until you can maybe verify it? Exactly. So in other words, if you need someone to be in the media and it's a superficial level, then those feelings are relevant. If you need to have a lifelong relationship with someone, well, after the first few years, the romantic part is already over and the practical part, the errands, the tragedies, the celebrations, they kick in. So who is that person practically? Is that person going to be a partner that makes sense to what's important to me? So it's a whole different viewpoint of what's necessary. Of course, socially, you enjoy someone. You don't have to go into depth and you can have somebody in your life that's fun to be with. But then again, it does depend on what kind of relationship you're looking for. A deep relationship where you let go of your emotions and you come home or you're calling your wife or your girlfriend to connect, that's different because then you're much more vulnerable to being yourself. You don't have to be nice all the time. You need to vent. You need a companionship. You need somebody that you have future plans with, that you have a lot in common with. So those are different set of rules depending on what you're looking for. The ick is a sudden feeling of disgust, sudden feeling of disgust towards a potential romantic partner after they do or say something unattractive. Boy, that could be a one-off that you've never done before in your life and will never do it again, regardless of outside influence. And there's a story about a guy in Nashville. He was a young, upcoming country music singer, and he went to what they call a showcase where some of the big shots come out. They listen to these folks to see who they want to pick and choose from. And the guy was great. He got high marks on everything, but one producer said he didn't like the way he smiled. And that killed him. So can it be just that one little thing that should or shouldn't turn you off? This is that one little thing that should not turn you off. It's very immature. When I was dating in my 20s, I was very immature, to say the least. How I got into this profession is another story. But if I went out with someone and his socks were too short and I could see his skin between his trousers, his pants, his jeans, and his ankle, I could see the skin, I wouldn't go out with him anymore. I mean, that was so stupid. Different reasons. If somebody came and couldn't find my house and came to the wrong house and I had a date, I wouldn't go out with him anymore. So very superficial reasons can really turn you off about the person that's in front of you. And you never get to know who that person really is. And that's the trouble with social media today. Because the switch of a button, you can just go ahead and swipe the next partner, the next potential person. And that could be fun. Who else is there? Who's next? Who's most interesting? But then you don't really know who the person you went off with, who that person was that did have something to offer. So you're missing out. And that's why today there's so much difficulty with having relationships because people don't give other people a chance. When you are married, there's an invested interest. So you work on it most of the time. Although divorce rate is 50% in marriages, believe it or not, extremely high. But when you're living together and you're saying, this is not working, that's not working. Well, guess what? There's always going to be a problem with something not working. So that's the it factor as well. It could be instantaneously. It could take years. But the most important part is, are we giving it a chance even after years? 
is social media too convenient to go ahead and move on to that next person who, by the way, may even have more problems than the person before. So you have to be able to reassess your reasons behind it. My mother used to say, you throw away your package of problems, you get somebody else's, it's worse. So hold on to what you have. <laughs> it's interesting because my mother used to have all these sayings and I'd say to her, how do you remember all this? She said, my mother told me. And now I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> so now all of a sudden she's extremely bright where before she didn't know what she was saying. I have twins and believe me, I'm a psychologist and they all tell everybody, I don't know what I'm saying. They shouldn't come to me. It's a good thing I have confidence. But going forward with what I'm talking about, it's about the labeling. You have to be careful. When you say something, the feelings stick, the behavior sticks. So if you say somebody is ugly, or if you say that they're boring or offensive, you hold on to it. It's possible that person just did it once, and you don't even know what that person can actually do or say that has a lot of meaning to it. But we tend to go ahead and listen to the words and stay there and do ourselves a huge disservice with this kind of it factor. I was thinking about oil and water. Oil comes to the top of the water and it's very shallow. So you can skim that off pretty much. And that's kind of what I'm picturing here, hearing you talk about social media, kind of making us more shallow in our approaches to other people. We look for people online just like we look for a new shirt on Amazon when you really think about it. Swipe this way or swipe that way. We put people in the same category as buying a pair of shoes or a new guitar or something from one of the online stores. Unintentional, I guess, but pretty purposeful, too, when you really think about it. I had a patient who saw somebody that looked appealing to him. He liked what she said. So he met her in a restaurant, and she's sitting there, and he was completely turned off. She was shorter. She was older than she said. And he excused himself, went to the men's room, but somehow he never came back. I mean, talk about disgusting. He was more disgusting than anybody. What he did, it's the behavior of the person that makes the difference. And today, you know that they can fix the way they look without surgery. So you see somebody that doesn't even look like that. Their eyes are bigger. Their bust is bigger. Everything is bigger today. Lips are bigger. I don't know what else is going to be bigger. So these per guys go out with these sexy looking starlets to see somebody who's older and with sagging skin or whatever. What are they to do? So both people suffer. The women don't give themselves a chance to be seen yeah. for who they are. You got to know that that's a self-defeating proposition, right? I mean, if you doll yourself up and do everything and Photoshop yourself online, and then what would you expect somebody to think? I mean, we kind of put the thing on the guy. Well, that was a horrible thing he did climbing out the bathroom window, but then she kind of did him a number two when you think about it. So let's be just honest who we are. Yes. So who are we really going out with? But it does give you perspective of what it is that you really do want. Are you looking for this perfect looking person that's going to change as time goes on anyway? Something that's going to be superficial? What about that real person? They don't even know what to ask for when they're dating. But even that's superficial. 
And this is the irony of social media. The more connected we get, the more disconnected we really are. We're connecting on one level, on this superficial electronic level. But when it comes to the visceral level, we can't talk to people anymore because we can't do it in, what, 270 characters or less? Yeah, even in real life. My daughter's dating forever. She's one of those. Forever she's dating. She found somebody. She doesn't like his lifestyle. All of a sudden, today he's good to her. Yesterday he wasn't so great. Back and forth. What are you really looking for? She doesn't ask the right questions. I'm glad she's not going to listen to this. I hope not. I'm calling from New Jersey, so who knows? But she's not a truck driver either. I don't think yet. But anyway, the thing is, what does he do for a living exactly? Do you know what his income is? God forbid she should ask those questions. I don't want to offend him. Well, is this going to be a long-term situation? Where are you going with him? What is his quality of life? Does he have potential in some way? What is he looking for? What is his lifelong plans in the future? Those things, that's being impolite to ask. So yeah, you like to play tennis? You like to play golf? What do you like to do? Do you like to travel? They talk about things like that. Are you fit? Do you like to exercise? What kind of food do you like? Do you like to try different varieties? Oh, he's boring. Eats the same kind of food all the time. That's what she bases her opinions on. Does she listen to me? Absolutely not. I'm her mother. I could talk to billions, but I'm her mother. There's a saying on my kitchen wall that says, if no one's listening, her name is probably mom. But then <laughs> I have my office, which is connected to my home. People pay to listen to me. I have personalities. I have media people. I have professional people. I have somebody who's in charge of stock market company, would you believe it, billionaire. Those people think I have something to say. So when we're looking at what's important and how to go ahead and navigate life, we need to get to the connection of that real person. What is that person who, when he's angry, when you argue, what about his relationship, his history with his parents? Are you going to get along? How often does he want to see them? What does that mean? What about money? Do you really want to save or do you want to spend? Those things are never discussed, but those things are what break up relationships. Those things that people are feeling they're going to offend is going to be much more damaging later on. So we really need to know what to look for when we meet somebody and what the red flags are. And they're so obvious. The red flags are if somebody's narcissistic, if somebody wants to control you, women are very complimented when somebody's jealous of them. Oh, wow, he cares so much about me. But really, it's a way of controlling. So that person that you find is someone who's really into you, is someone who's eventually going to take the essence away from you by not allowing you to continue with your friends or even maybe continuing with your family relationships. So those are some of the red flags we need to look for that go deeper into a different level. And you've described something, and I'm just going to put it this way, that sounded like a lifetime movie. You know what I'm saying? But usually in those movies, it's an intentional thing to where he wants control and smother her and her life and everything. But in real life, off screen, that happens. But I don't think it's ever really intentional, is it? You're yeah. absolutely right, but it doesn't really matter. The result is the same. If you're hurting someone, if you're controlling someone because you care about that person, you have to learn what that means to connect to another human being. And that's letting that person free. 
supporting the individuality. Relationships can be very boring if two people just become one and they're clones of each other. You want to have some excitement. You want that partner to be able to contribute in a different way and do things that are different that entice you to change in some way as well. So that's part of having companionship and being with another person is having differences, not to feel threatened that you have to have that person. Yes, you're right. They don't do this on purpose. They don't, but they are doing it out of insecurity either way. That insecurity will get you in trouble. So if you feel you're with somebody that is less than you, so you can feel better about yourself, watch out because that person could intentionally or unintentionally pull you down. Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, thank you so much for being with us here this morning. I'm so glad we got a chance to meet you in person, almost. Almost. But one quick thing before you get rid of me. You can fix this by going ahead and compromising. It's not who's right or wrong, but who has the most effect when you do that. And the most important thing that people find very hard, even for me while I'm doing therapy, is to listen to the other people. I have a rule, 15 minutes of me not talking, which is difficult for me. But if you do that, if you just listen, you'll hear where the other person's coming from because it's not all about you. And then you know what's important and then you get back double. That's the way to go ahead and work this through. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us here this morning, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum. Now, when you go to radionemo.com, You'll be on the homepage. Scroll down just a touch to what's coming up, and you'll see today, and you'll see Dr. Frieda's link right there in the program description. So click on that. I think you'll really enjoy what you see there on her page. And, of course, she is the author of Life Begins at 60, New View on Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, and What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum. That closes out this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Now, folks, you can always find the Highway to Health Podcast through Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. And let's tell you about a few of the outlets where the podcast is available. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Highway to Health Podcast through our website, or you can subscribe to the podcast through all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. The Highway to Health Podcast is a production of Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo.